and good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live here out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and it is a beautiful Friday here in Tucson, a good Friday uh, on the program and uh, we made it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. drive time every morning here on 1030 The Voice. You can find us uh, talking about Tucson and Southern Arizona issues. Uh, Mr. Matt Neely making the magic happen as always. And to all of our listeners who make the show a show, good morning. Happy Friday. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Zach. Happy Friday to you, too. Absolutely. And uh, full show today. I, I'm really looking forward to how we're going to close out the week. Uh, I'll start at the end and back my way in and we'll, we'll, we'll get going right away. Uh, but uh, Alex Parisi, a Tucson designer, uh, is going to be with us talking about the new Tucson icon that he has developed that he's actually allowing anybody to use. We're going to talk about uh, that design, how he got there, and what it means uh, about Tucson. And so it's going to be a fun conversation to close out the day. But we're going to start it with Morgan Abraham, uh, a freshman uh, representative in the House of Representatives uh, this morning from Southern Arizona. We're going to get his thoughts on many issues around the state legislature. And it's always a good conversation um, with Mr. Morgan Abraham. So let's go there first. Morgan, happy Friday. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Happy Friday, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. Listeners can join us uh, the same way that you are joining us, by the way. 520-790-2040 is the live line number. Morgan Abraham uh, was appointed to fill the vacancy in the Arizona House of Representatives left by Stephanie Stahl-Hamilton, uh, who was appointed to fill a Senate vacancy in District 10. It's now Legislative District 18 um, after redistricting process. And uh, Morgan is also running for... Uh, a seat in the Arizona Senate in that same district. So that's a little bit about Morgan. Morgan, I'm always curious to hear. Um, you are uh, four or five months in at this point. Give me your first impressions of the Arizona State Legislature. Oh, man. Well, I, I, I say this quite a bit. So I, I'm, a, I'm a military guy. I'm a business guy. So I'm used to a lot of structure in my life. And there is nothing structured about the Arizona legislature. It is pure chaos every day. I wake up and have no idea what we're going to be voting on or what issues are going to come up. And I think in a way it's by design, you know, the majority kind of liking to keep us on their toes, but also, you know, them not even knowing what is passable and who's going to show up to work that day. So pure chaos is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, there's a couple of issues I wanted to ask you about that I think deserve a little bit better blocking and tackling um, by the state legislature. We haven't had it. And uh, I worry that there's a number of items on uh, Arizonans' agenda, so to speak. Arizonans, by the numbers, share uh, a common set of issues, Democrat and Republican, they want to see worked on in this state. And I'm not always sure that I see it being the topic of conversation <laughs> in, the Arizona, in the Arizona state legislature. Uh, Morgan, well, what are the issues that, what are the committees, some of the things you've been working on in your first uh, few months in the legislature? 
Yeah, so I guess there's three main issues that I'm focused on, and lucky for me, one of them is a key committee I serve on. So my big thing is economic opportunity. I I want my community to thrive. Um, I want to see Tucson thrive. I want jobs for our constituents. Um, And so that's that's kind of what I how I view most issues through. And so in order to have economic prosperity, I think you got to have to have three key building blocks. First is education. Um, I'm very passionate about education. My mom is a public school teacher, um, and I really do believe our state needs to invest more in education to reach for that economic prosperity. The second is affordable housing. I am an affordable housing builder. I have been um, watching, as I'm sure all your listeners have been, these last two to three years where affordability is becoming a real issue in Tucson and almost a crisis-level issue, and I think the state needs to do something on that. And the third issue is water. Without water, we can't live in a desert. And uh, in order for us to thrive as a community, we need to make sure we have enough water supply. And lucky for me, I sit on the the Natural Resources and Water Committee. So I think those three issues have been my main focus and trying to uh, come up with great solutions for Pima County and Arizona. We're with Morgan Abraham. If you just jumped in, he sits in the Arizona House of Representatives representing uh, what until recently was District 10, now it's Legislative District 18. In the House of Representatives, Morgan Abraham is also now running for uh, the Senate seat in that district as well. I'd love to get into some of those issues, Morgan, on the other side of the break. Uh, but I, I, I've got this big looming question I think a lot of Southern Arizonans do. Uh, maybe to some people's surprise, Morgan, it's actually easier to pass a budget when there's not a lot of money in the coffers. Um, it's when we have, like we do, with a $5 billion surplus uh, to play with. That's when things get kind of hairy and complicated. Uh, when do you guys plan to pass a budget? <laughs> that is a wonderful question. And as you said, that's the $5.3 billion question. Um, you're right. I mean, we, we have one of the largest budget surpluses in the history of Arizona. And with that comes an incredible opportunity to invest in these areas I talked about. Education needs a big investment. Affordable housing needs a big investment. And water needs a big investment as well. Um, but that's a problem in that when you have so much money, you have so many different priorities. You know, we have some members of the Republican Party that don't want to invest in our future. They'd rather, you know, put all this money in a rainy day fund and go back home to their districts and campaign for re-election instead of do their jobs and pass a budget. So at the moment, I have no sense of when we're going to be able to pass a budget. We're in discussions right now. Um, We're only on the floor voting on laws two days a week and then the other two days a week having behind closed doors discussions on how we can kind of come together and try to get enough votes for this budget but um, I mean we could be done in two weeks we could be done in two months It's, it's a mystery right now I'm going to talk with. I want to. I want to ask you a question, Morgan, about this in more detail in the second segment. But you know, housing, for example, was a massive topic in the beginning of the legislative session, and progress on that has now been relegated to a committee, which government seems to be really good at setting up committees, but not really doing much with them. Uh, I'm getting salty in my old age, Morgan, I, as you can tell. I. Uh, <laughs> Um, but but that's an example of a big issue that is kind of relegated now to a, a committee. You know, I think the big thing with water was desal, uh, but that's a long-term effort. So like, what are some of the um, uh, short-term, big, hairy, audacious goals 
that that $5 billion surplus could go to in an upcoming budget, or at least what is that one or two big issues as a Democrat that you would like to see more, more dollars uh, provided for? Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that housing committee study that we passed, um, because, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's not a solution, and in my opinion, it doesn't even solve a problem. Um, I, I joked on the floor when we were debating that $350,000 appropriation. I said, I could do it for less because I know the answer that we're undersupplied in Arizona. We don't have enough housing. That's all that the committee is going to be able to tell us. And so, yeah, I'd like to, I know the answer to the housing problem, build more. And so I'd like to see Arizona invest in our housing trust fund, which empowers both private developers and public developers to build more affordable housing. So that's one area that I prioritize in the budget is an investment in the housing trust fund. On the water issue, I'm so glad you mentioned desal and what we call augmentation or bringing water into Arizona. Um, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a 20-year project. It's not going to have major returns for, man, maybe at least five to 10 years. And in the meantime, we're running out of water right now. So my priority is conservation policies. We, we 72 or 73% of the water in Arizona gets used by agriculture, right? So we have plenty of water in Arizona. We're just not necessarily allocating that water properly. And by conserving, by, by using better technology to grow our agriculture, by using better technology to, to move water in areas we have it to areas we don't have it, that's a much better bang for our buck right now, and it solves problems quicker. So that's a priority you're going to see me pushing for is more conservation-focused policies in Arizona. I want to double back on most of the things that we've talked about in the second segment and get a little bit more into the weeds on it. But I wanted to kind of get a, a 30,000 foot look um, at what you see in the state ledge and what your role has been and what you're working on. Again, we're with Morgan Abraham this morning, uh, a Democrat representing Legislative District 10. Uh, formerly now it is Legislative District uh, 18. He's in the House of Representatives, but running for the Arizona Senate seat in that district. We'll be right back after a short break uh, with more talking about local issues and Arizona issues here on 1030 The Voice. Don't go anywhere. Radio by and for the people of Tucson. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We are on the air with Morgan Abraham. He represents Southern Arizona in Legislative District 18 in the Arizona House of Representatives. Before we get back into it, this segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall, and uh, we are so proud to get to partner with them on what has been a very successful launch. Little Love Burger is serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, some ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow uh, them on social at Little Love Burger and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15 1-5% discount off your next order. Back to our conversation with Morgan Abraham. Morgan, something that happened in the last 24 hours in Tucson has been a little frustrating. I'd love to get your insight on it. Uh, the HBO show Duster uh, did some of their pilot season here in Tucson, Arizona. It produced a, uh, a massive uh, uh, economic, uh, 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 you know, uh, it was a lot of uh, economy that was brought to Tucson and Southern Arizona. 
and they took off for Mexico or New Mexico because of the film incentives there. I know the state legislature is working on a film incentive bill, but even if it passes, it wouldn't be in time. And uh, we we lost uh, another kind of big theme that meant a lot of dollars for Tucson and Southern Arizona. How do you feel about that? And and is that film incentive bill going to pass in the House? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw that last night. It broke my heart. I was so excited about Duster. I mean, I remember yeah. the buzz in Tucson. Gosh, it must have been six months, nine months ago when you see those classic cars on the road and the production staff and certain roads getting shut down for filming. We were really excited about that as a community. Um, and be, I think it's because that's part of our past. You know, we were the film south or western capital of America for a time. I talked to a lot of former old-time producers, and they used to describe Tucson as the third coast. You'd have L.A. being one coast, New York being the other coast, and then Tucson being the third coast, because those were the three big filming markets. And sometime in the 70s and 80s, we as Arizona made a decision not to continue to incentivize filming in our state and other states made a different decision, such as New Mexico. And for the last 30 years, years, New Mexico has been getting every major Western production set in their state, bringing with them jobs and opportunity. And it's very frustrating as just a Tucson, and I want to see that for my community. I want the buzz to happen around Tucson. I want jobs to come to Tucson. I want people to come to Tucson and stay in our hotels. And I want them to see how amazing our community is. And so I'm highly motivated to pass this film tax credit um, because I think it's, it's necessary for our community to be able to compete. Yeah, I think something like 30 to 35 other states in the union have some level of film incentive uh, at a state level. I mean, New Mexico is, you know, kind of the, the big dog in the room a lot. Um, but was just disappointed about that. You know, Morgan, there's... Um, you know, uh, how do I say this? Like nobody up in Phoenix cares that Duster isn't coming to Arizona. Nobody in Flagstaff has worked up about it. It always seems that Tucson gets the short, you know, end of the stick when these things are not blocked and tackled on well enough. And there's been so many issues up at the state legislature. I would have preferred the time and energy in those directions be redirected to important things like water, housing, film incentives, so on and so forth. It's just always disappointing um, that Tucson gets the short end of the stick on this stuff time and time again. It's so true. And, I mean, obviously being a freshman legislator, I've been experiencing this for the first time. And, you know, what it is is when you're in Phoenix – it's a lot easier for Phoenix people to, to access you, to come visit the Capitol, to tell them your opinion. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the Phoenix is, or the Maricopa County is about 70% of our state. So population-wise, they tend to control a lot of the dynamic, the narrative, and also the, the flow of legislation. And so that's one thing I've been hyper-focused on, is how do we get Pima County at the table more often? Um, how do we advocate for our interests, our needs? Because we have a very different economy than Maricopa County. We have very different Different values than Maricopa County, and we be- need better representation. So that's one thing I try to focus on every day out there is, is making sure Pima County, Tucson is always at the table and our interests are kind of being heard. We're with Morgan Abraham this morning representing Southern Arizona from Legislative District 18, the new the new number for Legislative District 10. Uh, Morgan, I want to ask you about education. It's a topic you're passionate about. Uh, I-, I ask a very simple question on the show. 
And I know nothing is simple, but I, th- I think it should be to some regard the, the answer to this question. With, with regard to education, um, what needs to be invested, how much, and targeted where? I love the question, and I have a very simple answer. Um, this year, one you might be the first person, billion. so I'm excited about yeah, this. Well, here we go. I'm a number five, <laughs> an engineer, and an MBA, so you know I, I came prepared with uh, with my priorities for education, and this is working with the education community and, and you know public school superintendents. But what the answer for this year is 1.23 billion. Um, in ongoing funding, and then about $440 million in one-time uh, funding for bonuses and teacher retention programs. Now, of that $1.2 billion, uh, about $300 million of that is going to be for full-day ke- full kindergarten. A lot of people don't realize in this state we only have half-day kindergarten that's public, and if you want your child to go to full-day kindergarten, that costs money. I think as a state we should be prioritizing full day K, so that's $300 million. Another $500 million of that is going to go to increasing the base for teacher retention. We have a teacher crisis in this state. We, are, we do not have enough teachers. We have too many openings, and too many of our students have substitute teachers, um, which is impacting their learning. And so we need to increase the base in order to incentivize these teachers to come back to the, the classroom. Um, and, and continue to educate our, our future. And then there's a lot of small areas that we've neglected over the last you know, decade, you know, um, what we call SPED funding, that's special needs funding. We've literally neglected that for about 12 years. CTE, um, tribal weight, junior high weight. Um, you know, when it all adds up, what we're thinking is $1.2 billion in ongoing funding for this year that would make a massive difference, allow our students to have full-time teachers, allow kindergarten to be a full-time program, and hopefully put Arizona in a more competitive place for years to come. I'm, uh, unless you're able to stay over, Morgan, I'm asking you a big question with about a minute, minute and a half. What do you say to people who will remark, um, and it's true, that half of the budget right now uh, in Arizona is dedicated towards funding. We have the money for what we need. We just need it to be better used by local school districts. Uh, we don't need the $1.23 billion. What do you say to that? Yeah, I say I want to be as competitive as a state as possible, and that's what state government is about. It's about putting Arizona in the best position to thrive. Um, what that means is being competitive on taxes. I think we're incredibly competitive on taxes already. We have a 2.5% flat tax. We're pretty good on sales tax, low property taxes. So since we we have low taxes already and we have this massive surplus with those low taxes, we need to be competitive on education now. It's time for us to invest in our future and, and compete with other states around us, like Nevada, like New Mexico, like California. And that means increasing teacher pay, increasing our capital investment in our classrooms, um, and allowing our students to at least have full day at, at kindergarten like so many of their peers around the country have. So I just want to be competitive. And I think uh, a massive investment in education allows Arizona to compete. Morgan, uh, any chance? I have a very short segment on the other side. Any chance you can stay over through the break? Yeah, absolutely. Are you sure? Yeah, of course. Cool. <laughs> I know. I know you're busy. Um, I'd love to talk about housing and water with you real quick. We touched on it before, but big topics that I think deserve attention. And since we got you here, we'd love to talk with you more. So, Morgan, thank you for that extra segment. We'll continue. 
uh, for a bonus uh, piece of our conversation after a short break. We'll be right back with Morgan Abraham, representative in the Arizona State House. Don't go anywhere. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash offer.com. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live here out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KBY, the voice of the in-depth news conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. Uh, and this segment is sponsored by Decibel Coffee Works, our friends uh, running one of Tucson's great local companies. You'll find a variety of great coffee, drinks, beans, pastries, and more. And uh, it's not a rumor anymore. I saw a picture yesterday. Ice cream is on its way in 2022. You can go to Decibel, coffeeworks.com, one word, um, uh, or visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. You can mention that you heard about them here on Tipping Point with me for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. This is our bonus segment now with Morgan Abraham. He is uh, in the Arizona House of Representatives representing Southern Arizona and Legislative District 18, now also running for uh, the state Senate this year in that district. Uh, Morgan, I wanted to get a, a, a few more of your thoughts in detail on what became of House Bill 2674. It was this controversial bill that was attempting to override uh, some housing regulations or restrictions uh, adopted by local towns and cities. It was an aggressive uh, kind of zoning adjustment. Uh, it didn't fly very well. 
lawmakers ended up revising the language to instead create a committee, which I think is a huge step down, but it is what it is. Uh, you mentioned uh, that the solution to housing is probably a little bit more in our fingertips than needing a committee. Uh, we're 250,000 workforce housing units short in the state of Arizona, Morgan. What do we do to catch up? How do we solve this problem? Yeah, and so obviously the bill you mentioned, or the, what I call the, the political third rail, um, that that died a very quick and painful death. Um, but I think what the bill was after, um, it was an extreme solution, and not a solution that I supported, but a an extreme solution to this idea that we need to create an environment that allows us to build more housing faster and in a more affordable sense. And I think that was the bill's spirit. Now, it went about in a very extreme way of doing that. But it created a wonderful conversation. And actually, the, where that bill turned into was the Housing Study Committee, which I was not a huge fan of because I know the answer to our housing problem. It's a shortage. But anyways, that, that's government for you. Sometimes we need to take a year and study it in order to come up with a better solution. Um, but in the near term, I think there's a lot of wonderful ways that we can continue to try to increase the supply of housing in Arizona. Um, one of them is, is working with our municipal governments to try to um, help change zoning laws to allow more land being zoned for denser occupancy, multifamily, or even what we call R2, so duplexes, fourplexes. But that's a wonderful way to fit more units on the same piece of land. Um, on top of that, though, I, I, I do believe that when there's a problem that's too big to solve by the private sector, that, that's when the government needs to step in. And I think right now we're, we're there with housing. We have such a shortage of housing that it's not conceivable we get out of this without government help for, gosh, at least 10 years. And so I'd like to see the state of Arizona invest in our, in our housing supply through the Housing Trust Fund to allow for an easier time to build affordable housing and market rate housing um, to hopefully alleviate the supply. So that's why I'm advocating for a $100 million um, increase in the Housing Trust Fund through a one-time appropriation, but through our general fund to hopefully help that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think there's uh, the housing is a public-private partnership topic. I think the thing that I'm challenged by locally, and you mentioned it, Morgan, I just want to affirm it, is that uh, we could raise trillions of dollars at the national level to solve this. We could throw billions of state dollars at it. If at a local level the zoning and the local decisions and the political will is not there uh, to make changes in our housing stock, it doesn't matter the greenbacks you throw at this thing. It's not going to make a difference. So that's that's my struggle um, is I think the scale of this is going to need cities and towns to operate at a larger level. And I don't see that energy yet, um, which I know is what this controversial bill, you call it a third rail. It was kind of an atomic bomb in the middle of the conversation. Um, and uh, I know those who advocated for it are happy that it created a committee because at least it did something. Um, and it created a conversation that at some level did need to, to happen uh, in, yeah. uh, in the state. Morgan, I have one, one last question for you quickly on water. I've got you for two or three more minutes. I'm actually a proponent of augmentation. Um, you know, I'm a proponent of conservation too and good water management. I think in many ways we are managing our water supply better than we're given credit for in Arizona. When I talk to the water experts, the sky is falling in dynamic that I hear at a state level. I don't hear from the experts, which is somewhat encouraging. Um, you, you mentioned that augmentation can be longer term, but we do need to start now. Give me one or two water augmentation 
things that you would be in support of beyond just conservation? Yeah. So first of all, I want to kind of piggyback on you. I think we are doing a wonderful job of maintaining our water supply here in Pima County. Um, in Pima County, we have doubled since 1990 in population and continue to use the same amount of water we, we used in 1990. That is incredible. Um, and so we deserve a lot of credit here in Tucson for our best practices in water. Yes. Some of that's not having grass in our front lawns. Some of that is changing, you know, eco-friendly appliances. Um, so I, I think we are the leader in the state and we should continue to lead in that sense. I'm also in agreement with you. I'm not against augmentation. I think it has a piece in securing Arizona's future. Um, I think conservation is the easier and more economical way to do it in the short term. And so we should be focused on conservation. But in the long term, there's no question augmentation is going to be a, a piece of that. And I am I'm just always someone that looks at the numbers. Whatever is the easiest, cheapest, and least environmentally destructive way to bring water to Arizona, I'm in. That could be desal. That could be you know, you know, other areas that we've, we've explored, whether it's um, piping water in from the east or, um, you know, the south. But, you know, we need to look at augmentation and then compare it to conservation and understand which one is cheaper, which one has a faster impact. And in today, right now, there's no question conservation is going to win if you're looking at those metrics. Morgan, we'll put a pin in it there. You've given us an extra segment than we asked for. I'm appreciative of that. Always fun to talk with you. Uh, you're someone that I've always found um, actually knows what you're talking about and can talk about it in detail. And uh, that is refreshing in the political realm. So thank you. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. Of course, good luck to you in your current role in the State House and, of course, on your campaign for the Senate in the same district. Well, thank you so much for having me. I so enjoy our talks. Absolutely. We'll do this again soon. Morgan Abraham, uh, Legislative District 18. Uh, is there, uh, Morgan, unless you've, unless you've dropped off, is there a website people can go and find more about you? Yeah, my website's morganabraham.com, and I'm on Twitter and, and Facebook. I'm pretty active on both of those sites. I like to talk about the big issues facing Arizona, water, housing, <laughs> education. So, Absolutely. Cool. Morgan. With that, we will let you go. We're going to go to our final break of the hour. When we come back, Alex Parisi is with us. He's a local Tucson graphic design artist who has created a new icon, a new brand, a new logo for Tucson. We're going to have that conversation, what he designed, how he got there, and uh, what, it, what it says about Tucson. We'll be right back after this to close out our Friday show here on 1030 The Voice. Valley to Vail and everywhere in between. 1030 The Voice, trusted local news and talk. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, 
You can go see it in the Casser family wing of Latin American art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Zach Yenser here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? We have exciting news to share here at Impact of Southern Arizona. We have expanded our food bank into a grocery shopping style experience where over 500 families a month come in for food, clothing, and support. Now, Impact needs you. Can you or your business put on a food drive for food and hygiene items that others would normally go without? Learn more and contact us at www.impactsoaz.org. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. This is Bill Buckmaster, Pima County Administrator Jan Lesher at noon on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Happy Friday to you. Uh, if you just joined the conversation, we spent uh, two and a bonus third segment with Morgan Abraham, a Democrat uh, representing Southern Arizona in Legislative District 18. He's running for the Senate seat as well in that district. We talked about water. We talked about housing, film incentives, the budget. We covered a lot of ground. If you missed any of it, you can check it out on the podcast Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on major podcast platforms. Uh, But I am looking forward to closing out this week and ending our Friday show uh, talking about Tucson's new icon, a new brand uh, done by a friend of mine. We haven't seen each other in a couple of years, but uh, Alex Parisi is with us in studio today. Uh, a uh, what do you call yourself? A creative graphic designer. What's your What's your formal role? Graphic designer is perfect. Graphic designer yeah. will work perfect. Uh, and you work for uh, an agency called Sonder. Yeah, Sonder Agencies. Where I've been employed for a little closer there. Six there years we go. Now, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, doing a lot of branding work. Perfect. Uh, visual identity projects, marketing. Sounds good. Yeah. I know we're not having a Sonder conversation this morning. This was uh, some of your work 
uh, freelancing, so to speak, for the good of the community. But just so people can know who you are and place you, uh, is there a company in town whose logo or design has been done by Sonder that they might recognize? Mr. Car Wash. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, yeah, a lot of brand, uh, Indy Motorsports Ranch was uh, okay. a big project uh, at a Wilcox that we did a couple years ago. Got it. Got a lot of uh, notoriety for. Um, but yeah, we, we do a lot of projects uh, international too. Uh, uh, guy I work for is in the cannabis industry, and so a lot of branding with within that. Yeah. Right. So that's your day job. That's what you yep. do. That's mm-hmm. that's your bona fides. Yes. <laughs> whatever that word is, uh, to the the Tucson icon. That you have developed. So, so what was the moment you got out of bed one day and went, Tucson needs a new icon? <laughs> like, like, well, what got you to, to to designing something for Tucson? Well, first, I I am a native of Tucson. I was born and raised here. I have a lot of pride for the city that I grew up in. Um, I spent um, a, a good portion of my career working in two companies who specialize in travel and tourism. Madden Media and Simple View, mm. where I did the visual media for a lot of um, campaigns, uh, digital campaigns for um, uh, destinations. Mm. Um, and Simple View actually, uh, it was able to travel around the country for, for two straight years, being in a different destination uh, every other month, it felt like. Uh, so I got to see a lot of what other destinations do, how they present themselves, and uh, and it always gave me a sense of pride coming back home, yeah, uh, the Tucson, uh, and just you know seeing the mountains as we fly in, uh, it just gave me a sense of comfort, and I loved uh, where I was from. And even though I got to see the greatness of you know America, um, from Alexandria, Virginia, to Anchorage, to even Huntsville, Alabama, and even all of these places that I visited. They all had one thing in common that you wouldn't think like any of these as destinations for tourism, but uh, they were great places to live. They were, all had good places about or good characteristics about them that people were proud of. Uh, Tucson, on the other hand, we have this. Uh, we're not a pretentious city, you know. Uh, we don't boast about ourselves a lot, as Portland talks about them being weird. Austin being weird. Tucson's slogan has always been. Keep Tucson crappy. Yeah, that's a different Thank you. Word. Yeah. Thank you. If you, I was, I was, I, I cringed there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you thought I was going to drop uh, it. If you were going to drop the actual word, we we're going to go out with a bang. Let's go crazy <laughs> for the next ten minutes because I won't have a show on Monday. But uh, no. Yeah. Yes. Keep Tucson yeah, crappy, keep, except not crappy. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> Which I love. This is a know, family show. Alex. Yeah, I love yeah. the subversive aspect of that. <laughs> Um, but I think, um, you know, we love to make fun of Tucson. I think Tucson has a great, great sense of humor about how we talk about ourselves, you know, when it's on Family Guy being made fun of, like we laugh. And uh, But I, I think uh, there is an opportunity for us to take ownership yeah. of our city, take some pride in our city, um, and add to the landscape and to make it a better place for us to live. So even though it was inspired from the tourism aspect and um, – like in 2016, I sketched this icon hmm. and I posted it on a uh, graphic design website, just showing just to get it on the record, and uh, got a good response. Uh, even a lot of friends were like, "Hey, you got to put this on a hat." And so I, and I just sat on it for a few years because I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I didn't know whether I should make my own brand out of it, uh, re- release it as like a mock project for what like a potential city branding could be. Um, so I sat on a while for a while and uh, refined the logo itself. You know, just was obsessive about drawing all the rectangles, getting all the forms right, and getting that sense of geometry perfect. And then um, I learned about um, 
you can release work as public domain. Yes. So I felt the best use of this icon is not mm. to sell it, not to have it attached with like a private mm. company or uh, even with the with the city itself, but release it to the community as an icon that can be used. Take it or leave it. You know, it's a gift mm. to you. You can even profit off of it. Mm. Um, so I registered it through uh, Wikimedia Commons, mm -hmm. uh, so you could download it there. You could also you know go to my site and download it from there as well. I will create a website for the Tucson icon itself. Um, so where you know people can share that, use the hashtag, and um, my hope for it is that people use it, profit off of it, and it gets gains traction. Artists can remix it, um, and it becomes, uh, I guess, a symbol and a, uh, a, a, a something that we could all rally behind as an icon that doesn't have any associations. Like we have, you know, the University of Arizona mm -hmm. represents yes. Tucson, great, you know, but that's an institution, and there's other brands mm -hmm. that have that are. Tucson brands that, but they're you know copyrighted things that. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted something that was free from that that you could put out to the world and you know mm -hmm. you take on the life of its own. Is there any other anything else close to being kind of a brand of Tucson that when you see it, we'll describe it in a minute because yeah. I know our listeners can't see it. We'll describe it in a minute. Mm -hmm. But is there anybody or anything else in Tucson that's gotten close to creating like a stamp? So to speak, that when you see it, you think of Tucson, you know of Tucson, people outside of Tucson would know it is Tucson. Oh, sure. I think just the saguaro cactus in general, and that's what this icon is. So the icon is in three parts that, mm -hmm. I, that I designed. You have the saguaro cactus, yeah. which everyone draws a saguaro the same way, which is something I noticed over the years, like whether it's Tucson Medical Center or any mm. uh, any other company in town. You know, I drove when I drove here, I probably passed a dozen saguaros where it's all drawn the same way. you got a hot dog shape in the middle and then two arms with one arm slightly higher than the other one. Okay. That's how That's you draw it. the saguaro, yep. right? And the saguaro is like an, um, unique to our region. It's not in Texas, and that's something I harp on all the time. You know, the saguaro cactus is a Western symbol, but it's not found anywhere else in the world, okay? There's other tubular-shaped cactus in Mexico and South America, but it's that's an icon that is um, identifiable to Arizona specifically, and we should take ownership of that. Um, I, so I think that saguaro, you know, represents Arizona, is a good, like, symbol of that. There, of course, there's other private companies in town, other institutions that have a logo that you know people identify with Tucson. I well, think, that's what know. I was going to ask. Is there's nothing community-wide, really. No, no. And, well, you have like the, the city of Tucson, like launching their own brand, but sure, that, sure. that represents an organization. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the stem of the T is a saguaro. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the so the idea was like, how can I take this saguaro shape and and that traditional way of drawing it but just framing it in a way that is unique to tucson so i topped it off pretty much created a brackets on top to mm -hmm. make that t shape yeah but i cut the brackets off so you get that mountain shape mm. behind it so you have that concept you have three kind of symbols that are poured into it when you have the saguaro yep you have that mountain shape that's in the negative space and then you have the brackets that shape the t Mm. So it's three and one. And it's simple enough that you could pour meaning into it. Um, I'm not saying that, like, the mountain represents courage and the tea represents whatever. You know? If you felt like yeah, you could. You, you could, yeah. <laughs> you could. But it's simple enough for anyone can adapt and pour yeah. meaning into it and, um, you know, make make it into something that's mm. great. Yeah, That's very cool. 
Um, has anybody who's taken you up on? So, so I shared with you, I used it in a presentation yeah. the other day, mm-hmm. and I'll post this on my social media. By the way, I know this is a little abstract for listeners because you're describing it, but once you see it, it'll all make sense, and I'll post it on my social media. Right. If you haven't followed me on Facebook yet, Zach Yenser um, on Facebook, I have a I have like a public page there that anybody can follow, and I'll post it there. Yeah. Um, but has anyone taken you up on using it? Yeah. So Kristen at uh, Why I Love Where I Live okay. uh, was like the first. One when they hit yeah. me up and she's like I want to yep, they sponsor this program so. yes yeah so she, you know they, they produce some stickers and I think they're doing hats and other things okay. so that's great that's you awesome it's a great start I think to get that um, off the ground um, uh my friend Sean at Midtown Artisans might do some things with it, with, with woodworking and stuff. Uh, I'll talk to him about that. Um, some other people online have, have, have adopted it as their you know, online yeah, avatar. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to keep reaching out to artists. Uh, you know, I hope to see it mm-hmm. used around. That's just my hope for it. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. not a, a ploy to make money. It's just a ploy to get for used sure. and to, you know, have a, a symbol that, you know, we can all mm-hmm. you know, embrace and rally around. I love two things about this. One, that obviously you probably could have made money off of this. Um, there's a business model behind this if you wanted it to be. Sure. And you gave this to the Tucson community. Uh, yes. Again, something that you do for work. Uh, you took your own time yes. to do this and gave it to the community. That's huge. The other thing that I think is cool is Tucson talks about being a tight-knit community. I actually think Tucson is very disconnected from itself. I don't know that we have a story, a brand, a shared identity. We have brands and identities and things like that, but they're not shared. Mm-hmm. They're siloed, you know, different organizations or different politics or different industries have brands. We don't have this shared identity in Tucson. We don't have this shared direction, this shared story and an image that backs that up. And I know it sounds super meta. But I think we have to get through that before we can get to where we want to go as a community. And I and I hope having an icon and some artwork can help with that. I think we are on a tipping point, Zach. I don't know if you know that. But I, we, we, I believe it. <laughs> we could go. Should name a show about it. <laughs> we could go either way, and uh, but I think it's tipping in the right direction. I think Prague, like Tucson, has improved so much since I've lived here my whole life and um i have friends moving back to town uh who who have you know gone out of state for a while um i I think we're at a point where you know we can decide what what we can Mm -hmm. make of this city you know let's make it this isn't for tourism this is for us this is for us to uh you know clean up our city do do the things that we need to do to uh, make it a great place to live um so yeah and i and i hope that this you know, Icon is something that um, could be representative of that transformation. I love it. Well, thank you again for your generosity to the city of Tucson. Um, I know you came in thinking that we wouldn't have enough to talk about, and here we are at the end <laughs> trying to make sure we close on time. And I told you that was going to happen, Alex. And there's no worries at all. Once you get into conversation, it's just it's hard to stay on top of time. Um, for people to go see it, um, where can people go and see the Tucson icon and use it if they want? Oh, yeah, it's on my website, alexparisi.com. That's A L E X P A R I S I.com. And there'll be a link there to view the Tucson icon and you can download it. And um, yeah, any questions, reach out. Use the hashtag, Tucson, hashtag Tucson icon. Let's cool. get it going. I love it. 
So cool. Well, we'll catch up with you in a few months, and we'll see the progress. But I think yeah. this is really important to Tucson, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Zach. Tucson, that's it for us today, this Friday edition of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Hugh Hewitt's up next, Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll be back on Monday. Early next week, we're going to have Peter Catalanote on. He directs Film Tucson. We're going to talk about what happened with Duster, what's happening with film incentives at the State Ledge, and what the future should be for that industry here in Southern Arizona. Tucson, take care. Stay safe out there. We'll see you Monday. Thank you.